Holy shit, he actually showed up. Wow, in uniform too. Who made invited, it? Who made it? I was talking Woody about called, Woody called it. We've been trying to get Woody on here for like shit. <laughs> Welcome everybody to another serious airsoft podcast, episode 61. I think I'm not really sure where we're at because I don't pay that much attention. I don't even know. Uh, tonight we've got our boy Woody back on, thank God, after many trials and tribulations and a small child sacrifice. Yes. To talk about yeah. a variation of topics. We've actually got a set list for tonight. But before I get into it, we're joined tonight by my boy Carl. What's up, guys? Carl. And Officer Haynes. What up? I don't know why I'm talking like this. And I'm Cole. Punk is working. He may drop in at some point and shake his wee-wee at us. I'm not really sure. But uh, yeah, let's just get into it, man. So, Wait a second. I want to know who in the in the intro, who actually throws or was drinking the current. That was Derek. Or, or that was Derek. Seltzer. It's the Seltzer. Didn't yeah. you it took like three or four? Three or no, four that was the second try. The second try, he got it to land on the stand. So nice. Why? W- the question is, why was he drinking Karuna Seltzer? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I, That's a good question. Last time I last time I checked, little girls drink that, or at least twenty-one-year-old girls drink that. But hey, whatever. You're acquainted with what the kids are drinking, Woody? Well, I do have a I do have a, a daughter that just turned twenty-one. So yes, I am actually well acquainted with what. The younger females are drinking these days, and it's a lot of uh, Trulies. It's a lot of uh, what is those other ones? Uh, the the seltzers, the all the other shit that should be alcohol, but really is not. It's watered down to whatever it is. It's basically just a vodka soda. Yeah. So speaking of twenty twenty or of twenty one, we're into twenty twenty one. If you got anything new that you're putting on this year? Like or any new kit because I know like I've got a whole new loadout that I'm trying to do. I think Carl's got some new shit he's trying to pop off. Yep. You got yeah, anything I, that you're trying to do? I was up? really uh we talked about it at uh what was that? Uh either Avalon. Yeah, Avalon mm-hmm. uh with uh, uh Kevin. Um, Kev. Mm-hmm. the boy. Yeah, that was my first time meeting him, man. Seems like a super nice guy. Uh really enjoyed talking with him. He's all right. Don't um, ever send, don't ever send him food, no matter how hard he asks. Don't even talk to him about food because you'll just keep getting DMs forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I think the uh, so a couple of things we got into this from last year going into this year. I don't know whether to call it last year or this year, whatever it was, because airsoft good. airsoft didn't really start uh, last year till the end of the year. So we had done uh, Southern Front two, then we did Broken Home, then we did Avalon. And then now we just did Iron Horse, but uh, uh, Source Tactical reached out to me along with some other people and asked to try out their ACSS, their uh, Army or Army Combat or uh, Advanced Combat Soldier System uniform. Um, pretty cool uniform. I mean, I can't. I don't have many faults for it. Uh, it's a lightweight material. It. Uh, has Kevlar in it. It's got Dyneema in it. It's got, uh, were those the pants that you were wearing? Uh, the pants and the shirt. I had both the top and the bottom. Was that the hooded 
laptop that they gave you or was that no, no 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 that was uh i actually found a chinese made multicam black hooded top for mm-hmm. uh, avalon that's what i was rocking on avalon gotcha so who's source tactical how'd you get in touch with them so source tactical reached out to me they actually make all of the so you guys probably all know them better for hydration systems uh they probably make some of the best hydration systems out there i've had one of their systems for a while and you could, I, I, I literally think they have a demonstration where they fill it up with water and they run over it with a truck and it still doesn't pop or burst or anything like that. So um, I got a, I got one of their bladders and one of their hoses probably back in 2015 mm-hmm. and uh, still use it today when I'm not using my ice plate from uh, core performance. So um, I, I usually, I'm sorry. The, I, I said they reach out to you or one of the five fake profiles. Corey, you missed this. <laughs> I was trying to send him the link through Facebook and I found with one search, five fake profiles, all with Woodcock's face that all said Woodcock stone. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you want to pretend to to have a face like that? All with a suspicious (laughs) amount of friends from the Republic of Congo. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, you know, like I said earlier, you know, I've got a lot of, I had to shut my Facebook profile down because I had so many, had quite a few women contacting me going, Hey, where's, I sent you that Amazon card. Are you not going to tell me you you love me anymore? And I'm like, eh, I'm sorry, you got the wrong person. That was the message uh, I sent you. Yeah, <laughs> I have no doubt. I have no yeah. doubt. But uh, sure, that you have to try out some new pants. Do you like them? Yeah. So they hit me up and just said, "Hey, man, we're we're looking for uh, vets and and other people that have some experience uh, to send them this uniform. We'd like you to try it out and send me send us some feedback." And so it's part of the uh, the British Army's Virtus system. Uh, so Source Tactical is an Israeli company. They make a lot of products for the IDF. Um, I, I at first I thought it, you know, look, I, I don't have a lot of people reaching out to me to try their products, so I thought it was like a fake profile. And I had to had to kind of confirm it and run it to ground. But uh, no, they sent me a uniform, and um, it, it's a it's a cool uniform. I had you know I sent them some. The only thing I had any problems with is I'd make a few personal changes, you know, just small, just small things, um, some pocket rearrangement, um, some sizing, you know, for me, I'm, I'm a shorter guy. So, you know, having a short, uh, short version of it would have been nice, but, uh, yeah, it was a great uniform, man. It's really lightweight. I played with it at Southern front and broken home. Both were, you know, Southern front was pretty hot. Uh, for Texas that time of year and then broken home was still even in October was uh, still pretty warm so I sweated quite a bit in it and it 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 was light and it breathed and yeah I mean does it have the ball vents? Because I know Corey won't shut about his UF Pro pants yes. and the ball vents that like go yes. down. Not the nut flaps, man. You got to have the nut flaps. Yeah. So listen, I I would love to have a pair of UF Pro. I you know everything I've heard about them. Robo talks about them all the time. Corey obviously is wanting to, to slob on UF pros knob, but, uh, I have no doubt that the UF pro stuff is, is amazing. Um, I would love to have a pair, but I've got three kids, one's in college, so, uh, it's not going to happen anytime soon. So yes, they do have a, uh, I would say it's about an eight to 10 inch long vertical zipper, um, on both sides of the, uh, the thighs that when you unzip them, literally you could, I could stand there and get a breeze going right through my junk area and uh yeah it, it, it was nice man really nice. with the smell well part of my 2021 kit which you actually saw because kev was wearing a set of them at avalon is those speak be epm pants 
which are EMP pants, which yes. holy fuck, it's like I'm playing in joggers. Those are the most that's the most comfortable pair of pants I own. It's wild. Um, they yeah, said they seem a little high waisted to me. Um, so so th- they look that way, and that's just because of that that padding they have going up the the crotch zipper line or whatever, uh-huh. um, which is essentially they're exactly for what it is to protect your crotch. Uh, but they sent me the EMP pants and they sent me basically their entire new, like Milsim oriented kit. Mm-hmm. I took it out to eight, seven, eight airsoft last weekend on Saturday and ran it and my new Fatco MCX. And I immediately fell in love with both products. Great. Um, I, we're going to do or try to do like an actual review of the deal kind of like with me and punk spin on it. Um, but that kit is incredible easily one of the most functional versatile things that I've worn just specifically because it's made for airsoft and it's not real steel kit being converted or it's not bastardized paintball kit. It's something that was like made and has little weird idiosyncrasies and odd little like niches in it for airsoft. But the other cool thing is every single piece of that kit can come apart and slap into my JPC. That's cool. Wild. Yeah. Um, So that's what I'm going to be that. And that, that Fatco MCX, I, I, it's nice to have mags that work in my gun. Yeah. We all know that you've loved the PTS for so long and you've tried to get your PTS to work for so long. They work. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Five goddamn years to break in. And then none of (laughs) speaking of PTS, none of the PTS mags work until fucking two years in. So I'm just fighting tooth and nail. But Carl is signaling me that we should probably talk about stuff that's given to us by our sponsors. Yes. Yes. So Gotta take care of the business. Responsible for the shit show, as you can see on the nice little scrolling tab down below, KWA Airsoft, a tried and true staple in the Airsoft community. The KWA QRF Mod 3 is out now with the KWA LM4D gas blowback system coming out here soon ish i don't know the exact launch date of that but you also need to keep a lookout for what i think is one of the coolest things i've seen in airsoft in a while which is the mod 3 special edition which comes with a wooden stock and looks like a fucking tommy gun it's dope um next on the list is enola gay everybody knows who eg is everybody uses their shit bangers smoke clothing any textile products use asap 15 to get 15 percent off your entire purchase so now that it's 2021 and you can go to events again Bulk order that shit, get 15% off, and let everybody split it up. And then last but not least, Overwatch Tactics. They make games. They make some of the most fun games that I've been to in a long time. They use props to diversify gameplay and different styles, but it's a nice little mix between what I like to call Milsim Light and Weekend Games. They're not trying too hard. Everybody's just out there to have a good time. It's definitely got its place in Airsoft. I recommend you check out Overwatch Tactics now carl you look like you want to say something nope you did good you did very good thank you i got i got to chill out whenever whenever uh punk's not here so <laughs> 2021 we're going to get an iron horse here in a second because that's going to be the main bulk of this yeah uh, but what what's on the docket for 2021 for you gameplay wise yeah, yeah I, I think right now um you know we're committed for stormfire from real sim uh luke haynes and his crew I'm looking forward to that. It's a, you know, it's touted as a 44 hour Milsim event. Um, And uh, Luke hit us up a while back and um, I couldn't make it to one of of their previous games, but um, they're actually on the show February 12th. What's that? 
They're going to be on the show February 12th to talk yeah, about the game, I'm, too. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a great game. That game's happening April 9th, 10th, and 11th. Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, 9th, 10th, and 11th. Um, I'm going to be the XO for the Scovian Special Forces. Nice. Guys. So, uh, I'll be there with you. New, new this year is, uh, and then, uh, Soto will be the, uh, you know, Will Soto from Overwatch Tactics will be the, uh, CO. And then, uh, we've got a, a bunch of great Overwatch Tactics guys being the, uh, the squad leaders. And, uh, they, they've actually are kind of trying out this new snot, um, which is the sniper observation team. So mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's going to be something new to them and they're working through that process to see how they want that to go. So, um, you know, most people would probably, you know, liken those to a, a sniper, uh, recon team or scout reconnaissance team or, or whatever sniper recon team. So, uh, no, I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And, um, then we're going to hit up probably, um, uh, you know, a lot of the AMS events, look, AMS is always going to be our, you know, look, they gave, they gave Stone his opportunity to, uh, to play at a very young age. So much love to AMS. Uh, we'll hit probably, you know, all the, the typical ones, Copperhead, Broken Home, Black Site, which they do have Black Site back in the mix this year, which is going to be awesome. If you didn't make it out to the first Black Site, um, They've been trying to get that thing back for two years now, and it's it's an amazing AO. Uh, barracks, barracks like you've never seen. I've never seen a barracks set up like that, uh, it, and I can't even describe it. It's basically like uh, a five or six story building with uh, a drive through underneath, where like you would literally park underneath the barracks, but yet everything is in the barracks, self contained. Like they have a a dining room like a chow hall and they have a, a place to cook food and all that is really a weird setup i've never where, seen anything where is, where is black site 2 located uh, antioch, antioch uh like antioch georgia or something like that or mississippi i can't remember exactly um i think we passed by it going to iron horse but i can't remember for sure yeah, that one's but, that uh, one's one I definitely want to try to hit this year if I can. Yeah, yeah, I think Black Site is definitely a go-to. Avalon, uh, we'll hit Avalon like we always have. I, I still think it's one of my funnest games, or or Stone and I's funnest games to play. Um, they just bring such great props. It's it, the Renaissance Festival is a is a great AO to be at. Um, it, it's just it's a fun game. Uh, but we'll do uh, like I said, Copperhead, Broken Home. Black site, um, reindeer games. If if that goes down at hood, so the typical AMS schedule as much as we can, and then Overwatch and real sim. So sweet. And, and we TCA game. If we can get to a TCA game, that would be great. I'd love yeah, to. Yeah, those style and those guys again. Yeah, and then Good we year. should. The majority of us should be at Copperhead because Corey is still yep. cracking off the short film. Yes. Yep. yep. Looking forward to that. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think, look, 2021, <laughs> we all were hoping for something better coming out of 2020. Obviously, 2021 is uh, the first couple days in, half a month in, where it still looks like a shit show. But hopefully for Airsoft, um, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm staying very positive about it. And, 
you know, I, I hope to see good things coming this year for Airsoft. I think it's going to grow a lot with how expensive real shooting is becoming. Like, I think a lot more people are going to get into Airsoft this year. I've so it should be interesting. Right. I think we're going to see a direct correlation to that, which actually... Yeah, you know, I, look, and I, I think any any telltale sign of that would be, you know, like Lucas Botkin from T-Rex Arm showing up at, at Iron Horse. Yep. You know, and he actually... You know, I, I think he did a good job plugging plugging the airsoft hobby. Uh, so I want to I want to touch on that because I've I've got an actual topic geared towards sure. like him showing up and kind of the repercussions of that. But how was Iron Horse? I mean, uh, the AM is incredible. I love going to that fucking place. I'm upset that I couldn't go this year. Although I felt less bad when I saw how butt ass cold it was. Yeah. So, so, uh, you know, look, we, it's a 13 hour drive for us. Uh, you guys know stone. He doesn't say much. I think he Mm -hmm. said probably five words to me on the way out, out to iron horse. Um, it's crazy that we have this nonverbal communication between the two of us, but, uh, you know, it always seems to know he knows what I'm thinking and I know what he's thinking, but, uh, yeah, the drive is 13 hours. We got out there, uh, Thursday night, Cool thing was we didn't really have a place Thursday night. Josh uh, McNeil and um, um, Dylan Frit, uh, Friedrich son uh, Moose mm-hmm. let us stay in their hotel room. So we got to got to drink a little bit with those guys and the Nemesis crew. So Fat Kid from Fat, uh, Fat Co Arms or Customs and then, um, you know, his whole team. And then uh, – Friday that, you know, they had the typical vendor set up. Uh, you know, I, I think the biggest complaint that anybody would have about Iron Horse was that the Guardian Center cracked down because of the weather with it raining the night prior to Friday. A lot of the guys had to. So if, if you've been out to Guardian Center, it's a huge facility, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, massive. Uh, there was a parking area that everybody could park in. Then you drove down a long road and there was another parking area that the guys had to park there and then carry all their camping equipment into the camping area. Mm. And then they would have to walk back out, get in their car and drive it back to the main parking area. So everything was done uh, on, on Friday for Chrono registration, everything. Everybody had to walk from the parking area all the way. There's only one gate down there and you had to walk all the way down, all the way back up. Um, is it a big deal now? Yeah, so that's not even game related. It, it, it had nothing to do with the game, and it had nothing to do with AMS. I mean, Guardian Center says you're going to do this, then you're going to do that, or you're not going to play there, right? right. And um, if you want to any any hopes of going back next year, you got to follow the rules. Uh, they just didn't want people tearing up their grass and shit. So, look, I totally respect that. Um, so, I mean, Amped was there, Amped Airsoft. They did a great job with their vendor tent, as always. Uh, and then you had, uh, uh, I never know how to pronounce them. S-O-U, S-O-S. Salsa Optics or whatever. Is it Sosa? Sosa, Sousa, Sousa. I think it's Sosa. Um, Steve and those guys from Sosa were there. He played on uh, both Friday or Saturday and Sunday. Um, look, I, I've not, I've not run their optics. I know one of the guys that we brought to a game bought one and loves it. And, uh, you know, I'm really looking into their optic optics a lot heavier than I have in the past. And, uh, I think, you know, one of the things that I was really surprised about them is if, if you do buy an optic from them and it does get shot out, 
they just say, hey, email us, uh, let us know what happened, and we'll, re- we'll, we'll replace it. And so for guys to come out of the mix like that with uh, with the level of quality of sights that they have and willing to replace stuff if it gets shot out by a BB, no questions asked, I was, like, pretty impressed. No, that is cool. Ass. That is yeah. cool. So even, even Steve said, you know, look, if you – if you go to a game, get a site shot out on a Sunday, you show up in the next game and we're there, we'll exchange it on site. So I was like blown away by so, that. So pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, they're, so, they're really reasonably priced too, from what I saw. Yeah, absolutely. And they're for real steel and airsoft. So I, you know, again, uh, I was asking them about what some of the things they're doing for the future. And um, they are looking at um, even a smaller, um, uh, micro red dot that uh, will fit some of the smaller comp subcompact pistols. So I just picked up a, a P365 XL at Christmas time for my new EDC and, you know, was asking him about that. And he said, yeah, man, this thing will fit flush on, on the slide and everything. So looking forward to that. Um, no, yeah, Kate I, I said, uh, go ahead. Go ahead buddy. Oh, I was going to say, Kate said she got her site shot out on Saturday and they replaced it Sunday morning for her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was good to see Milsom Kate there. Man, we now we got to see so many people. Sinister. Um I was like, because nobody's seen each other for the most part for like a large scale of yeah. like Southern Front too, but like not for like yeah. a big, big game in a long time. But how how was the actual gameplay? Like, did were there any big takeaways? Was there anything you wish that had done different or anything that did really well? You know, for me, uh, you know, the last time I'd been at Guardian Center was Iron Horse One. I I didn't get to make it out to Iron Horse Two because of work. It looked completely different. I don't know what it was about it. I, I think they had painted a lot of the buildings. Mm. Not all of them were cinder block. Um, mm-hmm. And it just, I, I couldn't get a feel for it. Like, it didn't feel the same. Like, you know, I remember yeah. fight, like, I remember some of the fights we had in the Iron Horse 1. But then, like, this one, it I, I couldn't, like, I'm like, the whole time I was like, where am I at? You know, they're like, there's the tunnel, right? But I couldn't seem to get a then again, look, I, 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 uh, my back was not, uh, I don't know if it was a cold weather or what my back was, was pretty good. Um, I don't know if I was focusing real well. Uh, I didn't play Sunday, uh, stone played. I went out and kind of walked around and just a little kind of admin on the, on the field type work, but, uh, it took a lot out of me on Saturday. Uh, I was running, I felt like I was running, running way too much kit. And then on top of that, I was uh, I was running the Crytac LMG, which mm-hmm. I probably should have done. But uh, I just I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't I wasn't in the I just wasn't in the mood or something. But my back was really hurting. And um, I mean, that happens. You get I've, I've been to games before. Where I just like was not in the headspace. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it was the drive prior, but uh, um, I mean, other than that, the game Saturday's game played out well. I think some of the other people said it was like every time they would move towards a fight where a fight was supposed to be going on, it was like the fight was already gone by the time they got there. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it was like people were moving so fast. Um, you know, Bo and I talked about it and it was like, you know, I, I just told him, I said, I couldn't get a feel for the field really. Like I couldn't tell where the fight was going down. And when we, when we would get a call by the time we got there, the fight had moved, moved on already. The way that AO is built. I feel like it, like the firefights can be a uh, hundred yards from you, but it's like, they might as well be five miles away because the way the the thing is laid out, which is awesome for what the, what the facility is set up for. 
But I feel like when you're in airsoft fights, um, like just getting from point A to point B, that's just unmolested is really difficult at that AO. And it makes it really cool too. So it's kind of a yeah. weird the coin. Are the engagement yeah, it, distance it, like it, super short? Typically there? No, no, no. It's almost like the buildings are spread out enough that like it's hard to make that jump to the next building. Like it's not mm. like a Fort Hood. It's not like a, you know, a, a Camp Shelby where you can almost jump from one building into another. I mean, like there are some buildings you can do that with, but I mean, like the main buildings, the other problem is now I think it was smart. They, they only made it to where you get it up onto the second floor. You couldn't get onto the third floor or roof. That's crucial. I think it was the right thing. I think that was a problem at, at iron horse two and one where guys get on the rooftop and they get on a third story. And if you own certain buildings like building 10 or I think they tried, or whatever, you can control the battle space. I think they started doing that at iron horse two. Cause that was the one I went to and they wouldn't let people go up to the third or fourth floor, which is perfect. And it's, it's smart that they think of shit like that because yeah, you never dig guys out of there. Um, but it like that AO is so large and it's so diverse and like the different style of buildings and the different layout that it's it it creates like a really odd like battle movement if that makes any sense yeah no i i I just again i i couldn't i just couldn't get a feel for it man like Hmm. it it just was really tough for me um you know i usually you know i'm not i feel like i can read a battle space pretty well but um you know it seemed like a lot of people wanted to fight in the tunnel we had a lot of people spend the entire two days in the tunnel tunnel's cool Hmm. Yeah, it's really cool. cool. Um, it's very cool. Um, the other thing that they had done this year, which they hadn't done in the past, was a lot of the windows had screens on them mm-hmm. for to keep yeah. the pigeons out. I'm People have talked about that. Yeah. And so the the screen size, when you look at it, was probably like inch squares. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what I found was, you know, our initial position was we went to building 10. Me having a like a cruiser weapon, I went up on the second floor and I was to hold people down, uh, any movements down. And, and the problem was you couldn't get any angles on anybody because of the way the screen was set up, right? Unless you stuck your barrel all the way through it um, and out through a screen, you couldn't get an angle. So, mm-hmm. But you're still allowed to shoot through it, right? Yeah. So actually, uh, literally what I found was at one point, I had, you know, I run a, on the, our, our LMG, we just have like one of the, uh, the old school one. I can't think of what it is. The flash press we have has got like a kind of a T cross on the front or mm-hmm. a plug. The Diablo, the PDW Diablo, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I kept shoving that thing into the, into the, the mesh trying to shoot through it. And what I had found was I ended up packing like over a hundred BBs. <laughs> from the flash suppressor all the way back so like i'm sitting there going this thing's not shooting and i'm like thinking i had just fixed one of the uh we run a and you wonder why 1500 round drum mag on that thing and i'm like i just fixed this thing because one of the automatic ones wasn't winding the bbs up in it i'm like i just fixed this and so finally it took me getting back to the fob and i'm like why is it you know i finally pulled it apart and i'm looking at it I look up in the, you know, I flip it over and I look down in it and I can see all these BBs all the way back up to the hop up. I'm like, oh, oh shit. So I just in. That makes Zero roll his eyes as much as I do. <laughs> Literally, probably 25 BBs were smashed into the flash suppressor 
And then there was probably another 75 BBs in the barrel. So like when I turned it up after the flash pressure off and pulled the uh, trigger and the air pushed, literally it, it looked like. Uh, <laughs> it's and, uh, like his gun threw up. That answers my question. But, uh, so yeah, the screens made it tough. And the, the thing that made it tough for us on that second floor was building 11 right next to us. On the second floor, all the windows had no screens on them. Mm. So every time you try to pop up, right, and you're going to shoot those guys, you're, you know, half your BBs are flying back at you from the screen, and you know they can just clip off a couple so, rounds at you really quick on the screen, and you're dead. So to be clear, I didn't realize like these, these aren't like these aren't like tight mesh like screen door screens. Yeah. These are like like one inch wide like yes. netting. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Right. I, was, I was confused on that for a second, but yeah, so it was like a wooden frame with this one inch by one inch square mesh. Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. plastic mesh, but yet, you know, even if you tried to back off, you'd have to start shooting, and then like some of the BBs would fly back at you, and you're like, all of a sudden, there it is. There's the hole, and you get a few through, and then all of a sudden, you move just a little bit, and it'd, it'd be gone, and you you're hitting yourself with your own BBs again. So it made it really challenging. And Bo had gone through and take some, he took some down and left some up. And and in this case on that particular floor, the next building over, all of them were gone (laughs) and all of ours were up. So so there's only so much we can do in that case for sure. Again, look, that, that's a, uh, it has nothing to do with AMS. That's range control. People that go to these events need to understand stuff like that. Like if you, if you've got a problem like this, I can almost guarantee you that they have nothing to do with it. And it's not something they have any control over. If you have a complaint about it, bring it up, go talk to Bo, go talk to Michaela, go talk to Cody, go talk to one of the AMS. They'll listen. They'll take it into advisement. They'll probably be able to explain to you like, why they have to do it that way. Well, it's usually not. It, he, look, he even said it during the safety brief. Um, I didn't like after the safety brief was over, I completely forgot about it until we got up there. And then I'm like looking at this window going, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to get an angle on somebody. And I'm like, actually listen to the safety brief. Yeah. I've seen, I'll see you in them safety briefs. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, yeah it, the cup it, of magical juice. How, uh, how annoying was SD? Because there were three factions for that game, right? Yeah, so you had uh, you had UFS fighting. Uh, imagine that UFS fighting everybody else again, like always. Um, so UFS fighting uh, cost in a like a platoon of SD guys, and of mm. course they had they had some of our good buddies like Thornhill uh, and Thornhill's Green, out of Kansas, and those guys are tough. Cade ran SD. Cade's a, he you know he's a great tactician. Um, you know, and you had um, virus running, uh, running cost and uh, no, they did a great job. I mean, cost is doing a great job. Like from Southern front on, they, they've just done really, really well. We ran with cost during Southern front broken home and uh, had a great time running with those guys. I thought for sure I'd get shot in the back, but uh, they all welcomed us in and, and we had a great time with them. And um you know, again, I, you know, it was one of those things where the reason we did that was I've always said, you know, just Cole, you know, and even Carl, we ran PSA in the past. We've ran cost at 34, 34, one, op 34, one. And we hadn't run cost in a while. So um, I just felt like it was time to get over there and run with those guys again. I mean, we, we should not be afraid 
from event to event. The switch sides. Yeah, you gotta switch it up. Be afraid to switch sides. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and that's one of the things that I've 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 said about the AMS games a lot. AMS games a lot is we've become so entrenched in who's on UFS and who's on U, uh, a, a cost that I feel like we're just fighting a lot of times the same game, just in a different AO over and over and over again. Oh yeah. Plus it, it's, it's infinitely more fun to shoot against your friends, at least in my mindset. Uh, pl- uh, but I, I, I just like making different kits like this year. I've same. got my great, my green kit is now squared away because I spent the few events I went to last year. I was a green team every time uh, I'm rebuilding my tan kit this year. Uh, I got a sniper deal that I'm doing as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you, you got to switch it up. You got to go to different events. You've got to do different sides at the same events because a lot of the time, that's all you need to do. Like if you love AMS games, but it's getting kind of stale for you, hop over to the other team. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 oh, God look, forbid. I, like, I think you know. that's the biggest thing. I think guys need to see different types of leadership. They need to be running with different people. Um, you know, a lot of times I hear people go, Oh, I don't want to go over there because I don't know anybody. Well, that's a problem. <laughs> the, the, airsoft, the airsoft hobby in a whole is small enough that if you can't run either team and not know somebody, there's a problem there, right? I mean, yep. that's an issue. And so, um, you know, but we went, the reason we, I was going to originally do S, we were going to do SD at uh, Iron Horse, but then when I saw the numbers, you know, UFS is, seems to be have really been struggling the the last two or three games. So we went back over to UFS to uh to kind of help things even things out over there. So um was everybody really like how hot M eighty one is. That shit looks fucking good. Oh yeah. Dude. I mean it's look, I grew up in M eighty one in the army, you know, that and DCU. So um M eighty one is one of my favorites. What's that? I thought you grew up in Civil War uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a uh, nothing like a wool nothing like a wool uniform in the uh, in the south in the summertime. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, so I guess we should probably touch on the main thing, and I'm sure the main thing that everyone tuned in wants to listen to um, was we AMS had a special guest at Iron Horse Three, that being Lucas Botkin of T Rex Arms fame. Um, if you don't know who Lucas Botkin is, go look up T Rex Arms on YouTube. You'll see a bunch of videos of a guy who's trying to look like Derek. Uh, shoot a bunch of really, really fast. Uh, he also manufactures kit, holsters. Uh, they do instructional videos on YouTube. But the big reason uh, this has become such a talking point is he's kind of an outspoken voice in the 2A community. And he has been recently touting Airsoft as a training tool for real still. Um, this is something that's... It's not anything new. It's not anything that's been hasn't been brought up before. But I feel like both in the past and now, he's brought up a better argument for it than anyone else has. He had that kid that he flew from Japan who yep. had played with nothing but Airsoft, put a real Glock in his hand, and that kid crushed ass. He was good, man. He yeah. was fast, on point, and he showed these people that muscle memory is extremely important. Um, he has a video out kind of talking about Iron Horse 3. I recommend you go check it out, even if Lucas makes your skin crawl, or if you've never heard of him before, go give it a shot. Um, he makes a lot of really good points and he talks a lot about how there's more to um, being prepared and more to second amendment real steel training than just shooting. There's kit. There's knowing what's comfortable. Like, can you, yeah, you can go shoot at the range in your kit, but can you run all day in that kit? Or two Um, days. Yeah. Are your optics set up correctly? Um, 
comms, movement, uh, basic shit like that. You know, working with your buddies. Do you guys understand how to clear stuff correctly? Um, and I think it's he makes a lot of really good points. Um, I was just kind of curious, what if you had any specific thoughts on that? Like, how were they at the game? Did you run into them a lot? You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I didn't, dude. I had no idea he was going to be there, and then all of a sudden on Friday, I turned around and and there were him and I guess his brother or whoever and his his friend is, and I was kind of like, oh, hey, there's Lucas, and uh, I had met him before at Copperhead two point five. Mm, yeah. Um, Seems like a nice guy. I look, you know, I mean, um, no doubt the guy can shoot and the guy shoots really well, shoots really fast. I think he makes some good points uh, now and again. And so uh, I never ran across him during the game. Um, they were on SD, weren't they? Running. Yeah, they were running SD. So, um, you know, again, I, I think, you know, the guy shoots really well and shoots great on a flat range. And my, uh, I, I think my, that's going to be the biggest argument about Lucas is you got guys that, that, that are flat rangers and you got guys that have or you air, know, softers. Kind of air softers or, you know, vets or whoever that have, I, I think the biggest, I think it's the biggest a really- argument you're going to get from people are, are vets that have, you know, kind of said, Hey, look, you know, on a flat range, you can you can kind of plan things out and you can shoot things a certain way. That's why I'm a big fan of like reflexive fire. Um, any chance that you can be on a flat range and do reflexive fire versus a you know a setup? Because I've shot a IDPA in the past. I've shot USPSA in the past. I've shot three gun in the past. Um, you know, in every every one of those events, you you know what the order of targets are going to be and mm-hmm. combat. You're not going to get that. So I think, um, you know, reflexive firing, uh, you know, shooting through a reflexive target array where someone's calling out certain targets, you know, and you've got to identify that target and then shoot it. You got to mentally process all of that data. Um, well, you know, to you really- squad tactics, comms, group movements, so you get into airsoft as a training tool i I think it can be used as that if you're going to run that mentality i I don't think a milsim game or an airsoft game on the weekend is going to train you right i think if you take milsim i'm sorry if you take an airsoft weapon and you put it into guys that are training in reality right swat team national guard active duty um if they don't have simunitions they can't afford simunitions i think it's your next best force on force um but again i i wouldn't call going out to a milsim event as training yeah well there's I, like my my right. take on it is there's a very fine line there's a very distinct um difference between training and practice so right. if you go and get real training pay the money, do the real courses, do stuff like the Ronin tactics, you know, shit like that. Go learn how to shoot real steel, shoot real steel, take the lessons you learned there and try to practice and apply them during gameplay when possible and when you can. I think that could be extremely effective. Um, I'm, or even yeah, in I, your backyard. Look, even in your backyard. Yeah. I mean, 
you can take a, a GBBR rifle in your backyard and a gas blowback pistol, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and train everything that you would train real steel. Yeah. Um, and I think, thing, about, you know, gas blowback rifle is, you know, it's going to operate exactly, have all the same manual of arms as, as a real steel weapon. So, um, right. between look in with COVID and, and everything that's going on, you know, ammunition's getting harder and harder to get. It's, I'm sure this is where you're wanting to go, Cole. Um, no, there I, I, are different tangent. I'm going to take this fucker on. Yeah, but, so, well. there there are a ton of ways to train, even without when ammo ammo becomes an issue. So, like for me and my son and my family, we have a Mantis. I think it's a great tool. Um, They've got, I think Mantis just came out with their newest one. It's like the Mantis XS. Uh, I've had Ma- a Mantis for probably, God, I, I think I've, I've got the first version of the Mantis. You and Robo had like the the, the first crack out of the box yeah, on those. Yeah, and so, you know, I use a Mantis for dry fire practice. I use a Mantis with a laser, what is the name of that thing? Laser sight target. So it's a black square box with a mm-hmm. red target on it and it's got an on off switch. And then you put a, what looks like a bullet with a, a red laser in the chamber. You've got to still, you know, chamber around or, or re, you know, re-rack it every time. Re-rack yeah. it every time. And so between the Mantis and the laser light targeting system, I've got a pretty good setup for dry fire in the house. Now, again, right. I've got a GBBR rifle and I've got a glass blowback pistol that I can take out in my backyard and I can do it outside. And then I take it one step further and I can go to the range. And I've got a uh, Adam's arm conversion slide for my Glock. And then I've got two, um, two, uh, two of the CMMG 22 conversion bolts for my ARs. Um, right. and then we have a couple, you know, I have a couple 22, like P22 and SR22. What, uh, um, what were you about to say, Carl, a second ago? Well, I was going to say coming, kind of come back to Lucas. The thing that well, I watched like his video about talking about iron horse, uh, mm-hmm. he's like, I, I get it. Like Lucas on camera is like a very, very serious guy, but like part of it, that I was kind of like the other side of airsoft he doesn't see is a lot of it is about like being with your friends and like traveling these far distances to have fun. And like, I I think he just takes it like really, really seriously from a training aspect, but I get like, he's in the industry. That's what he's going to preach. I get that. But uh, yeah, that was the other like kind of take I felt from watching his video. It's like, he understands the training side, but he doesn't see like the group of airsoft side in the video about yeah. like having fun and yeah, like having good times, not during the game, but off the field too. You know what well, I mean? So Punk's yeah, not here. But we've got, we've got two, or at least I've got two stages on the topic on this. Cause one of them that punk brought up is yeah. Like Carl just brought up. Um, he doesn't seem to understand the, the fun aspect of it. And I can see we're like punk mentioned this in our group chat of he's a little worried about like all of a sudden events getting flooded with fucking sweat Lords. <laughs> who are going to take Airsoft way too fucking seriously and try to treat it like training and be like the big, loud, over-the-top, that's just as good as being in the military and derp, 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 derp. Meanwhile, everybody who just like wants to have fun in their hobby is like, oh, fuck, no, go away. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Well, look, uh, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I did that to a degree 
Look, when I, you know, I got out of the Army in 05, um, and I got into Airsoft in 07, got out of it, got back into it around 2011 or so, got back out of it, got back into it in 2014. And I would say that, you know, I, I, I think, like, when I kind of took over to run UFS, I came in with the wrong mindset, you know, like, it was all about, you know, I want guys to do this, this, and this, and I, I expect this, and that's the wrong attitude. Like a tear for like two years of just yeah, like it, these guys <laughs> pay for a ticket, they're here to have fun, they don't give a shit where you served, what you did, they don't they don't give a fuck, right? And I get that, you know, but and one of the reasons I left leadership in Airsoft was it was like, I felt like I couldn't make anybody happy. You know, like some guys want to be yelled at and treated like they're in the army. And you got other guys that want to be treated like they're special. Right. And I, I just can't do that. Like, I, I think if you ask most military guys, if you ask most military, like prior service guys that are doing Airsoft, right. Um, what happens when stuff like the plan starts to sh like Murphy gets in there, you know, and the plan starts to shift, we start reverting back to what we know. Right. And what we know is we yell this, we yell that we yell this, we yell that. Well, so Brandon and brings we expect, up and we expect guys to start doing exactly what we say. Well, yep. you know, we, kids that are good time. Yeah, I mean, half of them don't even know the acronyms that we're spilling out. I could sit there and go, hey, make sure you, you know, you don't go past this LOA. And, you know, I, I can spill out all these acronyms. And they're like, you know, half the time I don't realize that they're not getting half of what I'm saying. Um, so Brandon Wilbanks brings up the, the, the second prong of this uh this specific slice of the topic i wanted to bring up was he says do you feel like it'll bring out a new airsoft event company if they do have a large following for serious airsofters and so i want to i want to clarify real here deal. i want to clarify here uh, when i'm what i'm about to talk about i'm not talking about like milsim west like a milsim game this is something that we've talked about and Corey has brought up and we've had the idea behind if you go back in some of our old episodes we've discussed i think this could possibly bring to the market a call for or a need for a use of airsoft in training style scenario events. And what I mean by that is I'm talking about a much smaller scale event, like a hundred people split up into five to 10 man teams that will spend their weekend instead of playing force on force games, playing a very specific strike scenario yeah. guys that are reaching clear VIP expert with real professionals watching, observing, giving points, and then at the end, doing a whole AR. So imagine just like the entire weekend is just one big fucking damn mission for like the super sweaties who want to like get their gear checked off and they want to have everything listed and they want to, they have to, it's going to, it would cost a lot of money. But at the same time, I think there could be a real market for a very serious um, style like this. And I know a lot of people will be like, well, just, just join the fucking military. And like, yeah, I did that already, but this still sounds like fun to me. Yeah. You know, so, like, yeah, so I'll take that. I'll take it on. Um, first, I want to shout out Will Banks, man. The kid's amazing with his photography. I want to, I you know, I appreciate him coming out to all the games. Fantastic. Makes, you know, 
Look, he makes a lot of us look a lot better than we are. Um, a really cool trailer for Iron Horse Three that was. He yeah. said it was his first like time editing, and it looked it looked money. Bad shot, uh, bad shot uh, photography. Is like that. Yeah, bad action yeah. shots. Um, kid, kid, just uh, he keeps doing outdoing himself game after game. So him and Fantaru, those are the two I know the best. They they both do outstanding work, but. As far as training stuff, like, you know, look, I've talked I, to Corey a lot and, and Carl. Carl always does great work. Um, we all know. That thanks, guys. And so uh, one of my best, uh, my probably one of my favorites of yours is a slow-mo at Copperhead 5. Uh, yeah. I think you did that one. I can't remember if you did that one or if uh, Punk did it. With, uh, one of us walking with, you see Cash. Yeah, it's like, dude, it, was it was on point, man. I don't know what song you guys had on that, but it was it was spot the, on. the walkout for Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but uh, as far as training, so it, it's funny that you bring it up. Uh, you know, Soto from Overwatch Tactics and, and I and his crew were talking about it this weekend, this past weekend. Uh, Corey and I have talked about it. Um, you know, uh, what I'd like to do and what I'd like to do is actually help people get better with stuff. I mean, that was, you know, my last job in the army was training the national guard as an ACRC guy. So, um, you know, and then going back to Iraq, um, second time, but, uh, to train the national guard over there. But, you know, I, I think there, there is, a space for like a training, a training event using um, airsoft instead of like my, yeah. my idea, my idea would be, and I've bounced it off a lot of people. Look, if you can take a bunch of college students in ROTC and you can train them, go off and be, uh, you know, second lieutenants and platoon leaders in combat arms. Right. There's no reason that we can't take airsoft. And we were using dummy, like rubber ducky, you know, the plastic M16s and going bang, 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 bang. And we were using miles. So if you can do it with that, you can do it with airsoft. And my, my whole idea would be that you take in, I've talked to Jake or uh, Luke from Real Sim. Um, and his idea was kind of the same as, is you do a round robin, right? I don't care what day, Friday night, Saturday morning. You do a round robin and you do that, you know, and you can do a 101 class or a 101 event. And then you do a 201 event, a 301 event. Um, 101 would be easy stuff. Like uh, one class would be actions on contact, right? How do you deal with a near ambush? How do you deal with a far ambush? Uh, indirect fire, you know, we don't have that in airsoft unless you go to certain events, but you could talk about uh, actions on contact with indirect fire. Um, you know, and so you could do a whole class on that. And then you could do a whole class on patrolling where we're talking about hand and arm signals and how to go from a file. What do you do from, you know, a file into a herringbone formation into online support by fire into a flank, right? Now, uh, the only thing with this, I think, that would need to be done is if you're going to do it, just just is just me you know, spitballing. But in order to make this still still something that would appeal to like, because you're not going to get a bunch of kids that want to learn how to do fucking movement drills in a field. Um, but if you do the class and then have them run the scenario and have them link directly in and overseen by real professionals, look yeah. at Real professionals, yeah. not your uncle fucking Jimbo who said he was fucking digging down. 
yeah. who was dicking down Noriega's wife while hunting Pablo Escobar in Medellin in the eighties when actually he was mopping up fucking turtle shit in Corpus Christi. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear, I don't want to know what you're doing and like do actual training classes. But then like, once you're done teaching them, let them implement it in a very, and this is something that Corey like always stressed on is like a really um, immersive experience like the damn mission and let them test out shit they learned. Yeah. You didn't give me a chance to finish Cole. You got to stick my thunder. Damn it, Cole. So you do you do the round robin classes, you know, like I said, whether it be Friday night going into Saturday morning, you do, you know, like again, you could do actions on contact, patrolling, bounty, buddy bounding, team bounding, whatever, right? And then our big thing in our ROTC was we did you know the sticks lanes. So you'd take a, a four to six to eight hundred meter lane, right? And you could do a movement to contact. You could do a reconnaissance mission. You could do, uh, you know, I, I think part of that too, though, is when you go back to the round robin, I think you have a big open field where you have demonstrators show what right looks like, right? Yeah. You got to yeah. see it. You got to uh, show them what's right and what's wrong. See right. so that's how the, I mean, look, the, the, the army of the 90s that I grew up in, right? That's how we learn. You, they always come out and say, now, you know, this is the task condition standard. Now pay attention to my demonstrators. And next thing you know, here comes the 9th Infantry Regiment Manchu at Fort Washington uh, or Fort Lewis, Washington, come running out of the wood line and in a big open field, they would demonstrate exactly what you're going to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then they would bust it down from there and they'd go into the class and they teach you the class. And then, oh, by the way, guess what you're going to do at the end of it? You're going to actually run a lane. Right. Where you utilize the, the the tools or the learning that you just did. Right. Crazy concept. I know. Yeah. Well, and you yeah. make it you make it an actual challenging experience, too, because yeah. like what what what, what, what does everybody want? Like nobody wants to train, you know, like just train basics. Everybody wants to do like a simulated fucking Osama yeah, yeah. raid. So then on Sunday, right. The culminate the culminating event yeah. would be a damn mission on Sunday. Where again, you know, I think damn missions, I think the problem with damn missions in the past is event organizers that said, okay, uh, all of the people are going to be the leadership team for the damn mission. Well, there's two ways you can do it, right? You can either do, so you can have all of the people that are coming together, right, as the airsoft players. Be the leadership for the damn mission. But if you're going to do that, you need to have an observer controller, an OC, walking alongside them, right? So if they start to even veer off course a little bit, whether it be metaphorically or Mm. literally, like we're heading to a building, right? We're supposed to go to building one, and they all of a sudden start going like this, right? That OC which I used to do at Fort hood for guys going, fixing to go to Iraq and Afghanistan. After I got back, I'd go, Hey, we might want to do a map check. We might want to do a pace count check. We might want to do something just to alert them to the fact that they're going off course. Right. There's, there's a, there's a video I was actually watching the other day of, I want to say it was Ford observations group. Uh, we're, 
train we're teaching a bunch of like sheriff and SWAT guys and you can see like they get they're walking through they're doing the motions and the guy's videotaping he's talking he's like bunching up bunching up bunching up didn't clear a doorway but and he's talking to himself and speaking out loud while recording and then after the fact they're going over and explaining them what they did wrong and why they did it wrong and what they should yep. do in the future and then they ran it again typically an oc an observer controller shouldn't get involved unless shit's just going way off course right yeah 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 so like the oc is going to sit there and he's going to take his notes right so let's go back to the damn mission at uh, Copperhead last year. Yeah, I remember that. So they're walking along with this. I'm making mental notes for the AAR, the after action review. But it, you know, the way I would have done it differently, I would have been like, at a couple points, they had kind of strayed way too far off course or wasn't meeting their timelines. And I would, I would have stopped, done a tactical pause and said, hey, you know, we're either falling way behind time schedule here. Or we're getting way off course, you know, we need to, let, let's do a quick map check, find out where we're at, and let's well, and be going in the right direction, right? What we're talking about is that damn mission would be the entire event. So, like, Friday would be gear, getting set up, doing briefing. Saturday, you would be running drills and getting used to it and getting set. And then Sunday you would do it live. Yeah. Yeah, It's kind of the idea. And that would, and that, and that's, you know, we're, we're kind of getting short on time here, but that is, that's something that I think um, this idea could bring about. It's very doable. Hmm. Um, It's, it's just getting the right cadre on, on board. You know, I, I've, I've offered myself up to anybody that wants to do something like that. If, if you need someone to teach a class, I'd be glad to do it. You want someone to OC, observe control and then do AAR afterwards, I'd be glad to do it. I don't care. Right. There we we are we're getting to the point now where there there are a lot of these older guys getting out of the the, the hobby, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but no one's teaching these younger kids how to what 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 right looks like. And so that needs to change. And so I see a lot of these these players that tout all this shit right on on well, so- Facebook or Instagram and I'm like Okay, well, that's great, right? But if you're not helping those players that are coming on board, then you're not doing the right thing, right? So, you know, just like in the military, we always said, as at, at this level, you should always be learning the, the next job above you, right? The next level up. We should, as, you know, the older guys in Airsoft, be teaching these younger kids because there a lot of kids nowadays aren't going to ask, Right. I mean, the difference in my generation and the millennial generation is, you know, I would have gone to somebody in a very humble way and said, hey, I really want to learn how to do this. Could you teach me? Right. What I found with millennial generation is they don't really have. They've never been taught how to do that. And they already know what they're doing. Right. Because they think they've experienced it on a game they played or whatever, but then when they go out to do it, they fail miserably and they're willing to continue to fail miserably as opposed to actually humbly coming up and saying, Hey, will you please teach me how to do this right? Well, so Tim, right. Tim, Tim Green brings up a point that I just put up on the screen. And this is, this is the last kind of like the blowback of some of this uh, Lucas T-Rex arm stuff. Cause I've been in those comment sections. Yeah, and those comment sections have been interesting. Um, and there's 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 one thing that I think will be crucial to making this 
influx into airsoft work with be it two a people be it people who want to get into real training any of that is the airsoft community is extremely 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 adverse to people coming in and acting like they run this bitch as a couple of promotions have found out one of them very fucking recently found out uh that if you come into airsoft and you act like you got a big fat dick and you're going to hit everybody in the face with it we're going to duck we're going to punch you square in the bottom of your ball sack and we're going to keep on moving. The airsofters do not take kindly to people coming in and bigling at them and take, and this, you know, you could have the, the best intentions at heart. You could be the real professional guy, but the problem is attitude coming into something like this. If you don't come in and want to actually have fun in the sport, if you just want to come in here and act like you're God's gift to tactical training and that everyone needs to shut up and listen to what you have to do, no one's going to pay attention to you, even if you have something good to say. Yep. Um, it's it's an unfortunate side effect of the community, and I'm really hoping. And it looks like from watching his videos, that's not what Lucas is trying to do. I know a lot of yeah, people have right, look, tried to I, say that, like what he's getting at, and I don't think that's it. I think he really like is coming at it with an open mind and yeah. wants yeah wants to make it a real yeah. thing, and that's a really cool thing to see. And I think that's going to be crucial uh, with that moving forward. I, I think one of the biggest things I learned. Um, from you know getting back into airsoft this last time and and having ran leadership was you know early on you know i wanted to do exactly that you know i'm like hey look i've been in the shit i've been in the real shit this is what it's like this is what you got to do to be successful right the other thing you got to realize is that these are uh, these are people that have paid money to come and have a good time right so the other part of that is um you know, what I've learned is I'm not going <laughs> to what I did originally or what I did initially was I'd come up and I'd be like, hey, you need to do it this way. Right. You're, you're pieing this corner, but you're not transitioning to your support side. Right. And that, that's going to get you killed. And well, kids aren't going to listen to that. They're going to be like, I got some old guy with gray hair telling me what to do. Well, a lot of them need to understand like that a lot of these kids just don't care. They're there to have fun. They could give yeah. a shit less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If that's the case, you know, don't let it bother you. Let them keep getting shot yeah. in the face. Like, well, whatever. Look, the thing I learned was, you know, getting to go down to John Google's field and, you know, zero customs down there to DFWAP was I finally like, I don't know. I had a, a you know, an epiphany, I guess you want to say. I finally was like, you know, and I, I, I've posted this video a couple times. I'll post it again on Instagram here in a few days or whatever. But I run up, you know, I see this kid struggling, just struggling, and he's not transitioning. He's trying to pie. And I'm like, hey, maybe, you know, can I suggest something to you? You know, and kids, it's like kids these days, they take a whole I different approach to that. Yeah. Can I suggest something to you? Would it make sense? Have can you tried? Yeah. Yeah. That's how you say it. Uh, if you come up and say, no, you got to do it this way, they're instantly not going to listen to you. They're going to shut off and they're going to go somewhere else. The ones that, you know, luckily that I found and, you know, again, you know, I do medical sales. So, you know, part of it is is learning this, you know, talking to people and being able to enter, you know, enter or um, interact to read. What I found is I I found that with a lot of these kids these days, if I just sit there and go, hey, can I suggest something to you real quick? And they're like, yeah, what? You know, and I'm like, if you just transition over to this side, 
and then you pie the corner, you're you're not there's not a chance of you getting so much of your body shot or less chance of even getting shot. You know, if you would try, you know, would it make sense to maybe try it this way, you know, or you know, even to the point, well, how'd that go? Like, you know, on the first run, um, you know, I've I've done that before. We've, you know, the kids all get together and they go, I, I want to be the leader. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And we go in there and in five minutes we're dead. Well, and back and I go. Hey, let me ask you a question. How'd that go? A big right. part of it was yeah, really- I go, you like, then I go, do you like losing? And they go, no. And I said, would you mind me suggesting something? Yeah. yeah. Well, and I got their, I, I've got their ears. They're like, what? They're saying in the comment section, like Milsim's Milsim walk-ons walk-on. And the big part of that is read the room, understand your role and know where you're at. If you're at a Milsim West game, it's a different animal than if you're out just at your local field, fucking around and yep. treat it as what it is, it's a completely different scenario. It's a different situation. Certain things will work a certain way. Certain things won't work a certain way. Don't expect the 12 year old rental kid with a mask to understand what you're, tr- that you're trying to get him to bound to an objective. Like he's not going to get that shit. Maybe try to explain it to him. If he doesn't get it, fuck it. It doesn't matter. Just have fun with it. Let him have fun yeah. with it. Don't, don't yeah. ruin his fun because he's not doing it the way you want him to do. Well, um, and, a, and a lot of the guys that run leadership here lately, you know, we've talked about it and we're like, you know, the best thing you can do is if, if you get tagged or, you know, you're asked to be a squad leader and you want to step up into that position. First off, I would say before any kid goes home and goes, Oh, my leadership didn't know what the fuck they were doing. All right, kid, you need to shut the fuck up. Here's what I would tell you. When you think you're ready to step up into that position, do right, it. then do it. I've offered up to many kids. I see kids all the time, you know, back when I was leading UFS or even unit and I I see them, you know, pissed off on the side of the road. I I saw one kid at one game shooting a fucking UFS patch. (laughs) And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, uh, fucking shit sucks. And this sucks. And I'm like, okay, I'm I'm the, the XO. What, what can I help you with? Well, if I was in charge, well, come on, let's go. You want to be in charge? Let's go. Yeah. Right now. And he's right. like, well, and I said, no, you, you basically just hesitated. And in that chance, what I would tell you is the leader that hesitates is the leader that's going to get more and more, more people killed. Right. So you hesitated. I said, do you want to be a leader? Well, no, you hesitated again. I'll tell you what, I, I do one better for you. The next the next AMS event you come to, you DM me and you let me know that you're ready to be a leader and I'll put you in a leader position, leadership position. Well, 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 that's not, no, you hesitated again, right? So a lot of these people that sit there and they say, well, my leadership sucked. These are the people that. A lot of kids just want to be mad so they can be yeah, mad. They want to be mad at something and they don't know what to be mad at. So well, what are they going to do? They're going to pick the closest thing to them. That's our leadership. You got to remember, these guys are guys that have volunteered their time. A lot of times we've, you know, in my case, I always had my leaders do at least two or three Zoom or virtual calls prior to the event. They put in time doing maps and map work and map reconnaissance. I mean, you know, anybody that's ever been under my leadership knows that you're going to do some work, right? You're going to do emails. You're going to do all this, make sure you guys are ready to go. Um, So that's one thing. The other thing I would tell you is, you know, as a leader, right, if you get picked to be a leader or if you want to be a leader, the first thing I would do, the first thing I would do 
is on my email, my first initial email to him go, hey, look, I know everybody's here for a different reason, right? We all have different expectations of this game. We've paid for a ticket that's somewhat expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, look, a game's going to cost you probably 500 bucks at a minimum, right, out of pocket. By the time you pay for the ticket, travel, travel yeah, fuel, food, lodging, however you're staying, BBs, all that shit. Um, At the end of the day, everybody spent an obscene amount of money to play dress up. Yeah, I think the first thing the leader needs to ask his people is, "What do you? What is your game style, and how do you want to play? If you just want to go off and do your own fucking thing, then you know what? Godspeed. I'm going to let you go do your own thing, and that yeah. way the leader then can determine what his real combat power is, right? Because we all know as soon as that combat power percentage starts going down. The mission, the the missions that we're capable of doing is going down. So, yeah. like, if I'm at a hundred percent, right, as a squad leader, I have ten guys, and I know two of them want to go off and masturbate each other off in the woods or shoot other. And I don't know if I can even say that on here. Shoot other. <laughs> you can say whatever the fuck you want on here, baby. <laughs> go fucking play Call of Duty. Then you go. You know what? Tom and Harry fucking go you know at game start go do whatever you're going to do and that way i don't ever have to worry about you again i don't have to worry about where you're at what you're doing and i can focus on this 75 percent of my combat power that i know that wants to learn wants to play as a team as a cohesive unit right yeah. because we all know that's how you win a milsim game. Well, speaking right. speaking of wandering yeah. off, we've completely <laughs> taken a left turn off the topic, and we're actually out of time. <laughs> Carl, the love of God, I know you've been trying to get a word in for like ten minutes. Oh, I, was just, I was just going to say that uh, you know one thing that Lucas really did agree is like you know if the outside community actually takes airsoft more seriously, you're going to see big ass companies start showing up to games. Yeah. Yep, and that would be great for the airsoft community, right? There's, so yeah. You know, if you want to like goof off and hang out with your friends and do stuff, that's fine. But, you know, also know that you're part of something that's bigger. So just remember that. Like at the end of the day, if we we want people to take Airsoft seriously and for it to grow like a real thing, it's like, yeah, you can have fun and have your friends just be smart about it. And let's try to advertise to these bigger companies actually coming out to games. And I thought Lucas made a good point on that. And as we've learned, there's a, there's very specific ways if you want to grow the hobby, because a lot of people just want to have fun. I'm not, you know, punk punk specifically is one of those people. I'm kind of in the same boat as he is, is I I really, really, really don't want to see airsoft just completely absorbed by the rah, rah, yee, yee, dipshit to a community like some of them some of the some of the louder subsection of it that are just disgusting and toxic as airsofters are and then i also don't want to see a bunch of toxic airsoft people drive out any chance for growth that being said sometimes it works in our favor because sometimes ideas come around or groups come around or companies organizations come around that want to take and abuse the hobby and try to turn it into something that's more marketable or something that will make money when at the end of the day airsoft is supposed to be for everybody to have a good time last time i I, last time i checked it is a hobby yeah it's not a sport right we always talk about airsoft communities here's the thing last time i've seen a community a community doesn't attack one another right we don't fucking we don't troll each other on the internet. We don't sit there and make fun of other people. I don't give a shit what you show up in. I, 
if you want to play in a fucking onesie with with a play carrier and a fucking BB gun, if you can sling BBs, then I'll take you and I'll uh, I'll find something for you to do. Right? We we get hung up on gear. How much how much money you got spent in your gear? How much money you got spent in your gun build? It, there's too many people that are willing to tear one another down. Right? And we see it in society. I'm not even going to go that far, but mm-hmm. we don't have time for that. <laughs> the hot is is I've always said that Airsoft's biggest problem is itself. Yep. Right? Because everybody wants to shit on everybody. I don't care if you do speed QB. I don't care if you do mill speed. I don't care if you do mill sim. I don't care if you do 44 hour mill. I don't give a fuck. Right. We're all doing the same thing. We're firing a plastic fucking white BB at somebody. We all, like I said, we all paid an obscene amount of money to play dress yeah. up. It's, it's end ridiculous. End of the day, the only difference between us and guys who go to medieval LARPs is we're not yelling lightning bolt. We're yelling airstrike. Yeah. Like <laughs> same shit. Everybody have a good time for the love of God. We're over our time. Thank you everybody for tuning in. I got to cut this shit off at some point. Otherwise we'll be in here for five hours. With Woody. Have fun with it. It's airsoft. It's a game, but you can learn something from it. Yep. There's a lot of lessons learned for life that you can take away from this hobby. True. Right? We do. We do highly recommend you go check out all the sponsors that we mentioned. KWA, Overwatch Tactics, Anola Gay, Airsoft. Also, check out SpeedQB. They got a bunch of really cool shit that's come out recently. And go give, for reference, this Lucas T-Rex Arms video on Airsoft a shot. I think he says a lot of stuff that makes sense. Um, I think it's, at the very least, it's worth the listen. Even if you don't agree with somebody, listen to what they fucking have to say, because they might change your mind. Um, It's 2021. Everybody stop being such cunts. We'll see you later. Thanks, guys. See ya. See you, bro.